Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. Welcome to the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Glad you are back with us. Lots of things to delve into during the course of the broadcast today. You want to talk about panic. There's panic now on the subject of funding for Ukraine. And we have yet another warning. Another Biden administration official is out there expressing a warning about what may happen if the Russians are not stopped in Ukraine. We will tell you what one cabinet official is warning about. Also coming up, you heard in the news about the retirement, well, the upcoming retirement from Congress of Patrick McHenry. He is taking off after reaching the pinnacle of leadership as the temporary speaker, we'll have a little bit more on this and a prediction about a former speaker who may not be around very long as well. In fact, this one may not wait until the reelection process and may just take off. We'll tell you who that person is and who has called this out. An interesting prediction, a couple of predictions from the former president, Donald Trump. He had an interview with Sean Hannity and made a couple of interesting observations. Some of these are not very shocking at all. We'll delve into another example of the radical leftist agenda for children. I see stories like this and my mind is blown i'm not surprised it's just disturbing what some people seem to think is acceptable for little children we'll tell you about this form of propaganda and some interesting entertainment news you've heard by now about the death of norman lear this man had a tremendous impact on culture not just entertainment, but on culture. We will talk about that coming up. Also, on the more positive front, I believe, I love to see when someone who's in their late years makes a significant accomplishment, just seemingly out of the blue. We're going to tell you about this musician who has hit a real milestone. This is something I think is just absolutely awesome. As time permits, we may also delve into the story I was hoping to get into yesterday about what's happening within alleged evangelicalism here in the United States of America as it relates to politics. We'll see if we can fit all of this in during the course of the broadcast today. If not, we have another day. I want to begin with a sanity check. 
I call these sanity checks because they deal with things that, frankly, are common sense. But for whatever reason, we have a country where many people have just simply lost their minds. They really have. One of those areas is this entire transgender phenomenon. This has just taken on a life of its own. And one of the manifestations where we're seeing this is in the effort to integrate transgenders, what amount to biological males, into women's sports. This really is an abomination. And the fact that some people do not recognize what it is, it really is an assault on women. It's an assault on girls. To not recognize that is, frankly, silly. And I appreciate the people who have the courage to stand up against this nonsense. Because they really need to. Somebody has to. At the right times. There was a hearing before the House Oversight Subcommittee on Health. And a congresswoman, her name is Summer Lee, had some opening comments which were derogatory toward people who are taking a position against putting biological men in competition with real women. Yes, I said it. Real women and girls. One of the things that happened yesterday is one of these loudmouth left-wing members of Congress really got shut up. And it was time for this to happen. What you're going to hear in a bit is a response and reaction to something communicated during the hearing. An effort to have the Mark's remarks removed from the record. And then the person finally give up, this member of Congress give up, because uh, she was doomed. She was just trumped on this situation. So what you're going to hear is Riley Gaines, who is calling out this member of Congress for her abject stupidity for her comments. Here's Riley Gaines. Inclusion cannot be prioritized over safety and fairness. And Ranking Member Lee, if my testimony makes me transphobic, then I believe your opening monologue makes you a misogynist. Thank you. Uh, Madam Chair, excuse me, I move to have uh, the gentlewoman's words taken down. Madam Chair, she's engaging in personalities. Can I just ask how it's fair to be called transphobic? There's a, I would say men disguising themselves as women are engaging in personalities. <laughs> There's really no coming back from that. And this moron, yes, I don't mind saying that, finally had to give up getting these words removed from the record. I don't know where this Summer Lee woman came from. But she was really in over her head. And she just made an absolute idiot out of herself. So I applaud. Riley Gaines standing up for womanhood. Clay Travis writing about this on X. This is great. After being called transphobic for saying men shouldn't be able to compete pretending they're women. 
Riley Gaines throws Democrats into an uproar by saying they're misogynists for making this argument. Steve Dace chimes in. She is a total badass. And he's absolutely right. Just saying something that's really pretty straightforward. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? Back on the Vince Coakley radio program. One of the things we do write on this broadcast he is cover breaking news. Merrick Garland, the attorney general, is holding a news conference right now announcing war crimes charges in Ukraine. Let's listen in on his remarks. In the midst of war, Ukrainian prosecutors and investigators have risked their lives to pursue justice for the Ukrainian people. We are honored to stand alongside them. Finally, I want to recognize our partners in the international community. We will continue to work closely alongside them to gather evidence and build cases so that when the time comes, the United States and our partners will be ready to ensure accountability for Russia's war of aggression. This is an historic day for the Justice Department that builds on a long history. The War Crimes Accountability Team prosecuting this case is modeled in part on the Justice Department's decades-long effort to identify, denaturalize, and deport Nazi war criminals in the United States. During that effort, the Department's Office of Special Investigations brought more than 130 cases against perpetrators of Nazi crimes. In the vast majority of those cases, the perpetrators were not identified until decades after they committed their horrific crimes. This history should make clear that the Justice Department and the American people have a long memory. We will not forget the atrocities in Ukraine, and we will never stop working to bring those responsible to, just, to justice. Throughout our work, we will continue to put our trust in the rule of law. The rule of law is the best answer we have to crimes that cannot be truly answered. The rule of law is how we pursue true accountability for the individuals responsible for those crimes and how we deter future aggression. And the rule of law is how we pursue justice in a way that protects people and protects our shared humanity. I'm now honored to turn the podium over to Secretary Mayorkas. All right, you've been listening to a news conference. There is uh, some information on this. I want to fill you in on what this is all about. Merrick Garland, the attorney general, making this announcement about charges. This is a bizarre story. Let me fill in the detail for you. Federal prosecutors charging four Russian soldiers with war crimes for allegedly abducting and torturing an American citizen in Ukraine shortly after Russia's invasion. This is what was announced just a bit ago. The soldiers, two commanding officers and two lower-ranking soldiers, charged with three war crimes for their alleged mistreatment of an American living in Ukraine. I will not even attempt to pronounce these names. But they are known as people who have participated allegedly in these activities charged with unlawful confinement torture and inhuman treatment as well as one count of conspiracy to commit war crimes none of these men in u.s. custody at this point 
Prosecutors say these soldiers abducted the unnamed victim from one village in southern Ukraine in April 2022. They beat him, illegally held him in custody for 10 days. Officials said some of the men either led or participated in interrogation sessions, tortured the victim at times, stripping him of his clothes, photographing him, and beating him. The Justice Department alleged one person threatened the victim with death and asked him for his last words. Another person accused of later conducting a mock execution of the victim. Charging documents said the unnamed victim had been living in Ukraine since 2021 and had not participated or fought in the war. This is the first time Russian soldiers charges are filed against them under the U.S. war crime statute. And this follows, as you would expect, a lengthy investigation. They're saying this went back to April 2022. So, there you go. This is a bizarre story. And I have to commend the Justice Department, believe it or not, for taking action on this. Now, whether they're able to arrest these folks and hold them accountable... I have no idea what the state is of this particular case in terms of any reasonable possibility of being able to bring these men, these animals, into custody and prosecute them for what they have allegedly done. So stay tuned. Breaking news right here on News Talk 1110 WBT. I want to tell you about something coming up in just a couple of days. It is amazing how quickly time is moving on us. Because, yes, Friday is a very big day. We're talking about the 30th annual Hancock Spikes for Kids. We're asking you to take part in the spirit of giving. Started by John Hancock, donate a new bike for a child in need this Christmas. We will gather just a couple of days from now, Friday, December 8th. Here at WBT, and all of the WBT personalities will be on hand to say hello. Hancock's Bikes for Kids, presented in partnership with WBTV. Friday, December 8th, 5 to 9 p.m., sponsored by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of North Carolina. Visit WBT.com for more details. And yes, this is just a couple of days away. Speaking of war and Ukraine... We have a new story about a warning from a cabinet official basically saying if we don't cough up more money, well, there could be something that happens that we definitely do not want. What is this exactly? We'll tell you as we continue our broadcast. Also, we will talk about retirements from Congress. Patrick McHenry on the way out and a democrat is predicting that a former speaker is not going to be around beyond this year what in the world is going on there 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Got that earth, wind, and fire action going again. Uh, great job there, Bernie. 36 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock, you've heard in the news by now. The man who reached the pinnacle of power in the House is on the way out. We're talking about Representative Patrick McHenry. He served as temporary speaker. He's not going to seek re-election. He served as Speaker Pro Tem for three weeks this year after the ouster of Kevin McCarthy. He announced yesterday he won't seek re-election in 2024, a shocking move to many of his colleagues that will further thin the ranks of Republican institutionalists in Congress. In a statement, he said he's planning to finish out his two-year term. Writing on X, I believe there's a season for everything. For me, this season's come to an end. I look forward to what comes next for my family and me. McHenry became the chair of the powerful House Financial Services Committee at the beginning of the year, gaining national attention during his three-week stint in October as House Speaker Pro Tem after the ouster of Kevin McCarthy. Elected back in 2004, McHenry began his congressional career as a partisan rabble-rouser. Over time, he transformed into an ally of Republican leadership and secured the position of Chief Deputy Whip under two speakers. Despite his solidly conservative positions and voting record, McHenry seen on Capitol Hill as a pragmatist and widely respected in both parties. Can I just tell you, this man is not a solid conservative. He's not. I wish him well. He sought to be a voice of reason earlier this year in urging Republicans not to force a default on the debt. During the speaker battle, McHenry, cited by Democratic leaders, the sort of GOP lawmaker who they trust enough to work with. But he emphatically rejected overtures to consider the position. His impending departure, according to NBC News, the latest move in a years-long exodus among moderate, and there we go, and institutionalist Republicans from Capitol Hill. That's what Mr. McHenry is. He's a moderate at best. This is a trend that took hold in the Barack Obama presidency, accelerated in the era of Donald Trump. With Trump leading the GOP primary polls for his presidential comeback bid, the trend shows no signs of slowing down. Here is what McHenry had to say. In a statement put out yesterday, there's been a great deal of hand-wringing and ink spilled about the future of this institution because some, like me, have decided to leave. Those concerns are exaggerated. The Republican said, I've seen a lot of change over 20 years. I truly feel this institution's on the verge of the next great turn. Evolutions are often lumpy and disjointed, but at each stage, new leaders emerge. There are many smart and capable members who remain, and others are on their way. I'm confident the House is in good hands. Well, he certainly has much more confidence than I do. 
I, anyway, <laughs> I don't want to go down that dark road right now. Then we turn to Representative Eric Swalwell, you know, the compromised senator, who's made a pretty interesting prediction. He's predicting that former Speaker Kevin McCarthy will leave Congress by the end of the year. Here's what he put out on Twitter on Saturday. Actually, X, formerly known as Twitter. With Santos gone, as in George Santos, you're hearing it here first. The next GOP member to leave Congress will be Speaker McCarthy. No way he stays. A guy who kidney punches his colleagues from behind is too afraid to serve out a full term with them. I bet he's gone by the end of the year. What say you? Hmm. This would be an interesting development, and frankly, it doesn't surprise me. Swalwell's reference to kidney punches pointed to a disputed accusation that McCarthy deliberately elbowed Representative Tim Burchett of Tennessee as he walked behind the lawmaker last month. McCarthy denied it was deliberate at the time, saying, I guess our elbows hit as I walked by. If I would hit somebody, they wouldn't know I hit them. <laughs> the incident came just after Burchett helped the seal. McCarthy's fate is announced to Speaker of the House. McCarthy spent years eyeing the top seat in Congress, but held the gavel for less than a year before a small group of Republicans moved to oust him amid claims of broken promises and conflicting policy priorities. So, will this prediction from Representative Swalwell come to fruition? Time will tell. What do we have? 25 days left in the month, in the year. We will see if Kevin McCarthy decides to announce his exit. And it wouldn't surprise me. Why stay around? There's really nothing for him. That has to be a very humbling position to be in, where you've been the speaker, and now you're just a regular rank-and-file member. It's probably not very fun at all, especially with this congressional um, conference that really has a very thin margin. That's the only thing that I think might convince him to stay. It's just the fact that the margin is so thin right now. They really need every single Republican. Still to come on the broadcast... You will hear from the former president, Donald Trump. He was interviewed by Sean Hannity, and he made a couple of predictions. What are these predictions exactly? You will hear them and much more as we continue our Wednesday broadcast. Back on the Vince Coakley Radio Program, it is Wednesday, which means it's debate time. How many of you are going to be watching? Do you care about any of this process that is unfolding on the Republican side? The process that does not involve at all 
former President Donald Trump. For his part, he made an appearance on the Sean Hannity show yesterday evening and dropped a couple of interesting predictions. This was a Tuesday evening town hall in Davenport, Iowa, hosted by Fox News host Sean Hannity. And one of the things that we've seen a lot is speculation about the future of one Joe Biden, also known as Mr. Magoo. This is a man who clearly is not the man he was a year ago or five years ago or ten years ago. He is cognitively, clearly he is missing some steps. Former President, well, current President Biden has suffered some falls, including one at the Air Force Academy June 1st. He also fell down while on his bike June 2022, stumbled on the steps of Air Force One a couple of times. Now he takes a different set of stairs on Air Force One, other concessions being made for him because of his age. And we've seen and heard all the gaffes indicating this guy sometimes just does not even know where he is. So with all of this in the background, we have a couple of clips of former President Donald Trump speaking to Mr. Biden's condition, and he makes a pretty bold prediction about Mr. Biden. Here is his prediction about the 2024 race and Joe Biden. I personally don't think he makes it. Okay, I haven't said that. I'm saving it for this big town hall. I've never always, I personally don't think he might. I think he's in bad shape physically. Do you remember when he said, I'd like to take him behind the barn? If he took me behind the barn and I went like this, I believe he'd fall over. I believe he'd fall over. And who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But. But it was okay. And by the way, it was okay for him to say that. He said, I'd like to take him behind the... He could say that, and everyone thought it was so cute. If I ever said it, they'd say, he's a dictator. He's a horrible human being. You know, it's a whole double standard we have, and not only in the law, but just about everything else, as you know very well. Um, I personally don't think he makes it physically. I watched him at the beach. He wasn't able to lift a beach chair, which is meant for children to lift. You can lift him like that. Uh, and mentally, I would say he's possibly equally as bad and maybe worse. But I don't know. I will say this. He's got vicious people surrounding him around that beautiful Oval Office. There are people in that Oval Office that are evil people, bad people, smart people, young, vicious. They're communists and they're bad. <laughs> OK, ladies and gentlemen. What do you think about this? Do you agree with this view? Now, I've kind of made the same kind of prediction. I, I've got real questions as to whether Biden's going to be on the ticket next year. Really do have those questions. And, of course, he continues to vilify not only Joe Biden, but the people around him as awful people. <laughs> I would just say pot, meat, kettle. I I don't have any rose-colored glasses in my view of Joe Biden. The guy's awful, and the people around him are awful. But so is Donald Trump. He's an awful man. 
He is a disturbed man. But that's another story for another day. So with Joe Biden off the ticket, if this indeed does happen, who might replace him? Well, this is kind of a no-brainer. I've been saying this for months. I think this is a real possibility that what we saw some days ago, the debate, interestingly enough, on the very same program, Sean Hannity's show, gave us a preview of what may happen for a presidential debate, at least half of it. (laughs) There's obviously no chance that Donald Trump's going to agree with all of it because He would have to be the person debating the person he's saying will replace Joe Biden on the ticket. Here is his prediction in that regard. Well, I saw one person on who I actually had a very good relationship with, but I'm sure that it would end very quickly. I saw him in your debate the other night and he's slick, but he's got no facts. You know, he's got no facts. Uh, I thought he did well, considering. You're talking about Gavin Newsom. Yeah, considering that. He didn't have the facts. I thought he did well. You know, he said, <laughs> we have the lowest taxes in the country. We have the cleanest streets in the country. We're, and I'm saying, wait a minute, is he talking about the same place? <laughs> so he'd certainly be one. I guess they say that Kamala would be uh, the one, the odds to be. Because they say if they didn't give it to her, the African-American vote, the black vote, would not go to them. And we just had a poll where I'm at 22 and 25 percent with the black vote. If we have that, we can call the election over. (laughs) Yeah, if these numbers hold up and Donald Trump indeed is the nominee next year and he gets numbers like that, that percentage of black voters actually support him. Yes, this contest is over. See, the Democrat Party, they absolutely have to have what 80, 90% of blacks support. And if it doesn't happen, they're toast. They're absolute toast. And we told you some weeks ago that in this particular area, there is real difficulty with shoring up this particular portion of the base. It is not a good sign for Mr. Biden. He's in some real trouble. So, You are welcome to weigh in, provide your perspective. Do you agree Mr. Biden will be off the ticket? And do you also agree Gavin Newsom is going to end up being the nominee? That would be an interesting contest. The other side of this to see the possibility of Gavin Newsom against Donald Trump. Boy, wouldn't that be an intriguing contest. Love to get your thoughts on this. Still to come, we have Wellness Wednesday. A really good item from Dr. Steve Crosby. I'm debating whether to delve into something that uh, really raises some questions about what's going on in evangelicalism in America as it relates to politics. If I can stomach it this morning, we'll talk about it. And much more. Hour number two is straight ahead. Stay with us. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
Welcome to hour number two of our Wednesday edition of the Vince Coakley Radio Program. We move to Wellness Wednesday. We have an excellent post from Dr. Steve Crosby, which is always good stuff. And he talks about something that's really important. It's about reality. (laughs) I don't know how else to describe this. I have been introduced by Steve to some really troubling writings. I'm trying to remember the name of the book that he brought to my attention three, four years ago. You know, one of the things, this is a perfect time to uh, really kill two birds with one stone. There are a lot of people who look at a person like myself and others who are big believers in America and say that, um, you know, we are people who want to whitewash history. Um, I'm not interested in anything of the sort. Absolutely none. No interest in doing any such thing. I think the the healthy person is able first, and, and this is where it begins, you first have to be able to look at yourself and recognize your own faults, your own shortcomings, and have a healthy perspective on them. You know, as a Christian believer, I very much hold on to wonderful promises, like there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. So, I recognize my own imperfection. That's a reality. So, I can be honest about it. I can be transparent about it. I don't have to hide. I don't have to play games and try to act like I'm better than I am. I know who I am. But I can give God the glory for the good things. And this is how I really how I view America. I think there's a lot to be thankful for. But I can also look back and see this country has done some horrible things to people. Is America worse than most nations on the planet? Absolutely not. This definitely distinguishes me from a lot of people on the left who you would have a hard time finding anything positive coming out of their mouths about America. So this has to be brought over in our perspective when I talk about starting with ourselves. We've got to look back in history and look at what is alleged to be Christendom and some of the really vile things that have happened over the years. You know, something really dangerous that happens when people with power associate themselves with Christianity and use coercive means to force people into something. One of the beauties of God and the gospel is the fact that he's not about force, he's about love. He draws, he woos. He loves us into cooperating, connecting with him. It's not about, you know, get your life straight or I'll strike you dead. That is, nothing could be further from the truth. So I bring this up because 
unfortunately, and I've seen this in a number of circles, that there are people who believe as long as you, quote, believe the right way, that's all that matters. And I've seen the consequences of this kind of belief system where people just treat people like crap. Uh, One comical thing I have to bring up, I think I played this for you some time ago. One of my guilty pleasures at times is to watch the show Cheaters. And this guy caught this woman in the act of cheating. And I'm trying to remember exactly what she said. It was something to the effect that, uh, yeah, I know I'm a cheater, but uh, I'm still, uh, it was something about still being sanctified or whatever. And so F you. She actually said this. <laughs> I'm just sitting there thinking, okay, so you're cheating on your husband. Uh, oh, gosh. This is where some people are. There's this disconnect between, okay, uh, God, his love is allegedly in me, but there's no evidence of it because I can treat you like crap with impunity and not have a bit of conscience about it. Let's get on to the Steve Crosby Post. He has a quote from Michael Harden. We live out in our everyday relationships what we believe about God. That is, there is a direct connection between what one believes and how one lives. It's really no more complicated than that. If we believe something, it will be manifest in how we live our lives. Steve continues, for whatever good one thinks Luther contributed, I believe his creation of ethic ethicless justification for the first time in church history to be an epic mistake. He admitted and bemoaned that many of his followers bore no fruit and bore no resemblance to Jesus. Well, imagine that. But that it was irrelevant as all that matters is correct doctrine. I've learned a new word, by the way. Steve continues, there you have the birth of doctrinitis that has infected Protestantism ever since. Understanding that one must be careful of making too big a deal out of isolated word definitions, here's one that matters a lot. The English word believe or belief comes from the Old Norse by leaf, literally by your life. Belief is not intellectual consent to abstract propositions from the Bible. Belief is the reality of your relationships manifest in how you treat others. This is in 100% accord with a Semitic Bible worldview, 100% accord with the teachings of Jesus, regardless of what 16th and 7th century, 17th century scholastic nationalist Europeans did to distort the scriptures by misrepresenting Paul. And this is what they've done. They've disconnected. They've disconnected the manifestation of the life of Christ from faith. Faith always works, period. And there's no contradiction here because the gospel is free. Salvation is free. And yet, if you read the book of James, 
which some say contradicts Paul's writings. It doesn't. All he's basically saying is a genuine faith works. If Christ is living in you, he is going to love through you. And if not, there has to be a serious question. I mean, that's the most important thing. Sue, there has to be a serious question as to whether he really resides there. I know for a fact, (laughs) this spirit working in us, it is just bursting at the seams, trying to manifest that love to the people around us even against what we might want to do. Boy, do I know that how (laughs) so many times. No, I do want you to engage this person. Show an act of kindness to this person. You may not feel a certain way. Um, This is what he does on the inside out. Against the idea of ethicless justification, Steve Crosby addressing this, Helping us on a path to wellness on this Wellness Wednesday. I don't know that I have a stomach for the other item. I don't know that I'll delve into it. But we have some interesting items in the entertainment world. A giant in the television world has passed away. We'll tell you about his contributions. Um, Also, a really cool story about a woman who recorded a song decades ago and it is now gone all the way to the top how in the world did this happen we'll tell you who it is what the song is and much more as we continue the broadcast whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits long live listening to your favorites learn more about Kaskali ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you Back on the Vince Coakley Radio Program, 22 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. WBT proud to present the 30th annual Hancock's Bikes for Kids Bike Drive presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of North Carolina. It's coming up Friday, December 8th, two days from now. It's at WBT this year. Our friends at Woody's Auto Service, they've generously made their 14 area Charlotte locations available as bike drop-off centers, making it even easier for your generous donation of a new bike to reach a kid in need this Christmas. Visit WBT.com for details and Woody's Auto Service locations. Earlier, we were talking about former President Donald Trump. And it's kind of interesting. Chris writes in, when Donald Trump said he was not a dictator, I about wrecked my truck. (laughs) I think one of the most concise assessments of the former president, I think I've mentioned this before, it's the person who helped him write his book. A lot of people posted all kinds of things. You've heard all the accusations of him being a white supremacist. All this stuff is stupid. It's nonsense. He is not a white supremacist. But I think the person who helped him write his book had the most insightful definition of Donald Trump. He referred to him not as a white supremacist, 
but as a Trump supremacist. And I think that's what this is all about. It's all about him. Period. Don't need to bring race or any other things into it. It's all about him. On the line now here in the city of Charlotte, we have Parker looking to talk to us. Good morning. Welcome, Parker. Hello, Vince. How are you? Hey, doing well. How about yourself? I'm good. Hey, um, I'm a long-time conservative Republican, very religious, and I have a real issue with you calling Trump disturbed. And I don't think he's a dictator either. Out of all the folks that we have to choose from, I don't. I see him as the only option. The rest are politicians, and they're corrupt. <laughs> so you think? Uh, okay, can we? Can we break? Can we? Can we break this down a bit about this whole thing about being a politician and being corrupt? Do you think Donald Trump is, is an honest man? I think he's fairly honest. Yeah, I think. Oh my gosh! Does, do you really I agree with everything? I don't agree with everything. I think he has his issues. He definitely has his issues. But I truly believe that he's a Christian, he's a religious man, and he cares very much about America. He cares very much about us. He cares us primarily about fixing this crazy world that we have right now that's a mess. That is a mess. I don't know anybody else that could fix it. Okay, so what what do you see as the fix? What is the fix exactly? Well, I think there's multiple fixes. The first one would be we've got to close the borders. We have to. There's no. We have no idea who has come across our borders, whether they're terrorists, whether they're good people, bad people. I don't know. I think that would be the number one thing that he would do. And that's what he said he would do, first thing. Okay. So we secure the border, which I mean, see, and I want you to understand uh, that on most of these issues, I don't have any disagreement at all with former President Donald Trump. I'm concerned about the character of this man and I the lack of discipline that we saw during one administration. And I'm concerned it's going to be even worse. Here's my, let me ask you this. Do you think, in light of all the things that have been done to him, do you think he will be able to be focused, more focused than last time, to do the things that he is claiming he's going to do? Instead of, and this is a key thing, instead of going after his enemies. I think he cares more about the country then he cares about revenge. I think he cares more about fixing what's wrong than what's been wrong to him. Now, ultimately, he may have some issues later, but I think his primary goal initially is to fix what's wrong. So, no, okay. I don't think he'll go after the people that have wronged him initially. Well, now, he's threatening you down the road. Yes, you know, you know, he has made threats that he is going to be the person who is going to be kind of an Avenger character. He's those are statements that he's made. By the way, how do you feel about him attacking 
uh, solidly conservative and effective governors who have not endorsed him and basically tried to curse their careers. How do you feel about that? I don't agree with that. I don't think he should curse anyone in that respect. I don't think he should. He has issues. He definitely has a lot of things that I don't agree with. I don't believe he should do that. Here's one of my questions. Anybody. Why don't, here's one of my big problems, because I think this is one of the things that has really bothered me from the beginning. Why don't collectively followers of his demand some of these things stop? Because they've been very destructive along the way. Um, I, I, I think it's given him the sense that he can do a lot of, and say and do a lot of things with impunity and nobody will care. I mean, people there. Well, he's convinced that you and many others, even if he shoots someone, uh, oh you're going to no. look the other. You're going to look the other way. Absolutely not. No, no, no. I don't believe any of his followers would. And I'm not necessarily a follower. I just said I think he's the best out of the whole group of people. I don't think anybody would look the other way if he did anything like shoot somebody or do anything that's totally against the law. I don't believe he would do that. And if he did, we'd hold him accountable. And I'm hoping that if he does win, he'll surround himself with people that will hold him accountable. He seems to like more talented people. Hopefully he would find those talented people that would hold him accountable for his behavior. Do you really think anybody has been able to hold him accountable at all? Can you identify a single person? Well, I don't think I could. I think that there are people that do it that are much smarter than I am. I'm hoping there's people that would do that. (sighs) Okay, you are a very hopeful person, Parker. I do appreciate your call. And, hey, I'd love to hear from you again sometime during this process. By the way, we're running way over. But I do want to tell you some breaking news that we just touched on earlier in this broadcast. Kevin McCarthy has announced he's going to retire this month. Shocking. (laughs) Not. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program, we have more of that breaking news we told you about going into the break. Isn't it interesting? We told you earlier, remember Eric Swalwell said, hey, Kevin McCarthy, he's not going to be around at the end of the year. Well, now Kevin McCarthy has announced he is leaving Congress. The first speaker to be ousted from power in the middle of a congressional term. He's going to resign from office at the end of this month. Writing in an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal, he said, No matter the odds or personal cost, we did the right thing. That may seem out of fashion in Washington these days, but delivering results for the American people is still celebrated across the country. It is in the spirit. In this spirit, I've decided to depart the House at the end of this year to serve America in new ways. I know my work is only getting started. I'll continue to recruit our country's best and brightest to run for elected office. The Republican Party is expanding every day. I'm committed to lending my experience to support the next generation of leaders. And for that, to be honest with you, I've never been a Kevin McCarthy fan, never. But I have to give him credit for his words, what he's communicated here, because it is time for a new generation. Kevin McCarthy is not that old person. And the fact that he's saying this, I think, is a very strong rebuke to the old goats 
in the nation's capital who just will not leave. They won't. Some of these people are not going to leave until they literally drop dead in the Senate chamber. I will not mention any names. But it's time. It's past time to pass the baton to a new generation. And not just a new generation, but a new generation of liberty lovers. Of people who really are going to promote smaller government. I had a conversation with somebody I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before. And, I mean, it was the most extraordinary conversation of someone I recently met, like, a few weeks ago. And we were talking with another person who was promoting all of these crazy conspiracy theories. I just kind of sat there and listened to much of this. He later approached me, and we had a really good conversation. And part of what happened in the most recent talk, he was asking me what I believe and he found that he agreed with most of what I said. By the way, you should know, this man is black. And he thought what he heard was very reasonable. I say this to remind you again, the message of liberty, I think, can be very, very appealing to a lot of people. If they only hear it. So, just putting that out there. As we continue our broadcast here, 42 minutes after 11 o'clock, I'm going to try to take a couple of quick calls here, beginning with Tommy out of the sprawling metropolis of Midland. Uh, got about a minute here, Tommy. Take it away. Hey, Vince, I'm going to call you out on this one. I listen to you every day at my lunch. I'm actually heading in, to, in from lunch because I'm late. I wanted to get this in. Oh, uh, sure. Almost every day you have something to say about the character of Trump. And, and uh, you're well-meaning. But you know what I never hear from you is the character of Biden. If character is such an issue, why isn't talk shows and people around the country talking about Biden and Ashley Biden's diary where Biden's taking showers with his underage daughter? What? If Tommy. If character is such an issue, this should be front and center on every talk show in America. Tommy, it really concerns me because we talk about this all the time. And to be honest with to you, you there. Well, you must not listen to the entire show because I plenty of times uh, uh, 11, talked about. 1130 every day. To, to, you're talking about 30 minutes. This show is on for two hours. Tommy, two hours. I, I do. Been appre- for you. Vince, I've been listening I, for years. Well, I challenge you and anybody else who wants to call in to uh, to offer a contrary view, Tommy. I very much uh, that would be great. T- but I, like I said, I'm going back to work. I'm la- uh, I'm late. Yeah, for lunch, but I, I'm I, just telling you, hey, I never hear this. This should be. You, I don't know why. Then character on Biden should be an issue. Uh, also, uh, everything that he does well, I'm girls, f- and everything that in her diary, I have screenshots of her diary. Okay, uh, the FBI has never, in my mind, or never that I'm aware of, ever went after anyone for petty misdemeanor theft across state state lines until Ashley Biden's diary was stolen. <laughs> it's pretty amazing, isn't it? It uh, doesn't surprise me at all. Tommy, I do appreciate your call. Thanks for taking time from your lunch break. Uh, I'm. <laughs> it blows my mind. People hear pretty much what they want to hear. I, I don't know uh, what else to say about this. 
how much we have talked about the Biden administration, the Biden crime family, extensive conversations on this program. Nonetheless, we move on. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Final stretch of the Vince Coakley radio program on this Friday. Because of my abounding generosity, we'll take a couple of quick calls here before we... uh, have to move on begin wrapping up for today it's gone by very very quickly let's go first out to mount holly shall we mount holly with vernon good morning vernon and welcome yeah vince i enjoy your show i mean i don't agree with everything and you wouldn't agree with everything that i do but i want to say that lady that called in i really enjoyed her call she spoke for me I'm like this. I don't know if anybody else can lead America. Man, that man in the White House, he's against everything about the Bible. Gosh, well, there's an understatement. All this year stuff. Hey, I I take Trump over any of them. And that's me. I'm not speaking for you, but I have to appreciate your program. I do have to ask this question, Vernon, because this Uh, very much concerns me. We're a, country of, we're a country of 350 million people. Okay. Is, this country, is this country so screwed up that one person out of 350 million is only one person is capable of leading this country? Well, I, let me ask you a question. Who do you think can lead it? I could see uh, one of several people. All right, name who me one. I think I think Ron DeSantis is a very you viable think he can choice. Lead America. I think he can. Okay, I, that's, I, I see. that's good for you. You ought to vote for him. So, what do you think? Why do you think he cannot lead America? I'm just giving I don't this think as he's an example. Man enough. One reason. What it, What makes a man? What is a man? Well, uh, Trump's a man. What what makes him a man? That's he might not hit the nail on the head every time. He's got a wonderful family. That, no, I I'm I'm appreciating. I'm trying to say, man, you wouldn't agree on him. But right. I like I, the man. My family likes him. But I'm They're trying to. I'm trying to find out from you though, Vernon. What makes him a man according to your definition? Well, he he uh, he refers to the Bible. He refers oh to the things of God. These others don't. They Catholics. Okay, and, I, and that's right. like I say, I agree with him. I'm going to tell you, I, if he's if he's running, I vote for him. I go to church. I, I don't miss church. I go in that altar and pray for the man. Okay, if okay. He's in there, God to put him in there. And that's another thing, Vince. I admire you. I admire your mama, your family, and all. And I don't want to speak against you. God forbid I'd come against you. But this is this is what I see about the man. Okay. Hey, I boys is clean cut. He got a beautiful wife. She sat in that funeral down there the other day at Carter's. And I'm going to tell you, I ain't got no use for that crowd. (laughs) And and, and I'd want to know what the song that they sung uh, that you was talking about. Oh, imagine. Oh, imagine you. Oh, my gosh. That song is absolutely awful. Vernon, it's always good. I'll tell you, I appreciate you mentioning that. I do appreciate you calling. That's the name of it. Yeah, I I appreciate you calling. We've got to go because we're running up against time today. 
always enjoy the conversation. I, I really do want to. I would love to dissect this thing seriously about what makes a man. I'm, I'm really curious about this. Um, it's it's quite intriguing to me. Um, I wanted to touch on something fun before we go. Um, just to, you know, to capture the spirit of the season, for one. Uh, go ahead, Bernie, hit it. Rocking around the Christmas tree at the Christmas party hop. Mistletoe hung where you can see every couple tries to stop. So you may be wondering, why am I playing this particular song? Get a load of this. I was absolutely shocked when I saw this story. By the way, I'm going to probably spend more time talking about Norman Lear tomorrow. He has passed away. As you know, this guy has been a giant in the television industry, passing away at the age of 101. But I want to tell you about Brenda Lee. 65-year-old holiday classic. Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. It has now reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100 for the first time. The 78-year-old singer breaks multiple records with this, according to Billboard. The third holiday song to ever hold the top spot, following the Chipmunk song and Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You, which I don't want to hear again. <laughs> Now, here's an interesting thing. Brenda Lee was only 13 when she recorded this song, 1958. Now she is the oldest artist to reach the top of the Billboard Hot 100. It's also the longest a song has waited to top the charts in Billboard Hot 100 history since it was released. It's Lee's third number one song in her career, the first since 1960. Remember the song, I'm Sorry? Also, I Want to Be Wanted, both charted. But this is pretty amazing. By the way, they did a music video for this. It was released November 3rd, and so far 3.35 million people. What's been viewed 3.35 million times. We just do a shout-out to Brenda Lee. This is awesome. We're so excited for her. What a wonderful thing to have happen at 78 years old this is cool i think that's a great note haha <laughs> on which to end this broadcast thank you very much for joining us have yourselves a great day and god bless you adios